This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I am World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The coronavirus pandemic is having an enormous impact on the faith community. Some localities have mandated public gatherings be restricted or even banned outright. This means that many congregations are closing their doors in an effort to help officials stop the spread of the virus. How can Christians maintain their traditional community and fellowship with gatherings so restricted? Well, there are ways, thanks to the Internet. An expert in its use for spreading the gospel is Peter Slayton. He's the LCMS manager for social media. We talk about using this tool to keep in touch with our community on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Kip Allen with a KFUO News Update. LCMS missionaries, such as the Trump family, are serving people in Kenya in East Africa. They live among the people there in Kenya, far from their relatives, the comforts of their home cultures, and their own ancestral lands. The challenges of travel, work, and gathering together due to the restrictions related to the coronavirus are preventing them from carrying out planned work. Seminaries are closed and students have been sent home. Congregations are not allowed to gather for worship. Conferences and seminars are suspended by the government order. Short-term teams and volunteers cannot make it to their assignments. Missionaries believe that they're exactly where they should be, whether in Africa or in the United States. Sean Trump says that his own family feels grateful that the LCMS has permitted them to remain in the field. The Trumps appreciate the huge amounts of support that they've received from the mission. Abortion will continue to be suspended in Texas as part of the state's emergency response to the coronavirus pandemic after the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals temporarily stayed a federal judge's injunction against the governor's order postponing any unnecessary medical procedures, including abortion. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton filed an immediate appellate review in the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit to enforce Governor Abbott's March 21st executive order that postponed any unnecessary medical procedures, including abortion, to preserve medical supplies for health professionals combating the spread of coronavirus. Federal Judge Lee Yankel had ruled, however, that the abortion industry must be allowed to continue business as usual in Texas. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit reversed, in part, a district court ruling that had blanket concealed identifying information in public documents relating to the University of Washington's purchasing, processing, and sale of organs and tissue from aborted human fetuses. The court battle began when investigative journalist David DeLayden requested documents from the school's taxpayer-funded birth defects research laboratory about trafficking in aborted fetal parts and organs. The public information request was met with a lawsuit from the staff of Planned Parenthood and other abortion clinics, along with researchers and others, to force heavy redaction of these government documents. Seven more pro-life advocates were arrested Monday for peacefully praying near a North Carolina abortion facility. The Greensboro Police Department arrested the Christians as they stood near an abortion facility in Greensboro, praying and offering resources to people going inside. 
Allegedly, the pro-lifers violated a Guilford County mandate requiring people to stay at home except for essential needs. The pro-life advocates are with the organization Love Life, which has been trying to abide by the social distancing mandates while still striving to save unborn babies from abortion. This has been a KFUO News Update. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. My guest today is Mr. Peter Slayton, who is the manager for social media for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Because everything's going on with this coronavirus pandemic, you know, people are now stuck at home and maybe stuck for quite some time. So how does the Christian keep the faith when they can't meet with other Christians? Well, the answer may well be on the internet. Welcome, Peter. Well, thanks for having me. And that's an interesting way to start this episode because I might disagree with that slightly. So we'll okay. have a great conversation. <laughs> well, that's what this is all about. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, I haven't, I hate to say it, but I haven't been to my church in several weeks. And, uh, well, my miss it. yeah, and and you should. Uh, this is one of the one of the things I'm I'm seeing a lot on social media is people people have always said this, and and it's true in a certain way that the church isn't a building, and and yes, it's it's true the body of Christ is not a building, but the body of Christ is still physical. Uh, I, I always try and bring it back to Jesus had a body. The body of Christ is a physical thing. We are called to gather together. This is not a virtual, this isn't something that can be captured online. Uh, it was never intended to be that way. So the fact that you miss your your church, well, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be because we're called to gather together physically as the body of Christ. And there is no online service that can replace that. And so yeah, we definitely confess that the church isn't a building in the sense that that physical location over there that I go to every Sunday is the only instantiation of the church. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that. We don't believe that. But at the same time, the church is a body that meets together, and online isn't the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it, so it is. I miss but my we church don't have too. A lot of choice right now. That's yeah. the problem. We don't have a lot of choice. We, as long as these uh, quarantines last, you know, I managed to get out to go to the grocery store and walk my dog, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and everybody. I lead an exciting life. Right. Yeah, I've I've got six kids, so we've been spending lots of time outside in our yard. We do have a fenced-in yard. We've gone on walks in our neighborhood and. It's very interesting. We've seen more families and and residents in our subdivision than we've ever seen before because suddenly everybody's at home. And now we're all out walking while carefully maintaining lots of distance <laughs> between each other <laughs> as, as we're out walking. So, yeah, there, it's, there are different government restrictions. And I know we're not necessarily here to talk about the, the government restriction side of things, but everybody kind of has to handle it a little bit differently. Some places uh, are more restrictive 
than other places. Uh, you're in a different county than I am. Even here in Missouri, in my county, has different rules than your county does um, in regards to this. So, uh, that, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's just so much and going President on. President Harrison himself said that you know each, all all of our congregation, all six thousand of them, they're all very different, and there's yeah. no one size fits all. So they're leaving, yeah. he's leaving it up wisely, I think, to the individual uh, to the individual congregations to decide what to do. Bearing in mind, of course, uh, of course, the fourth commandment restrictions regarding government. Well, we the way the LCMS is organized, that that is how it works. We we don't have a hierarchical system where we have a bishop or a pope or anything at the top that basically determines what that practice looks like on the local level, and so. Uh, pastor Harrison has rightly said it's up to the discretion of the pastors, and we trust our pastors. They're trained well theologically, and so they're working and making these decisions on their own. Um, and, you know, it's interesting on social media, I've seen some people asking for Synod to put the drop the hammer, uh, if you will, or put down some guidelines that everybody must abide by. Um, and every time those messages come through, I simply respond, "That's that's not how we're organized. You know, we're <laughs> our synod doesn't work that way, and we're set up intentionally. Um, and our pastors are the ones who make those decisions. So, yeah, that's true. And you know, as you mentioned, uh, you can't take communion over the internet." <laughs> Yeah, uh, we, we've <laughs> we've had a CTCR opinion come out about that recently, um, due to this this idea that well, hey, now that church is online, I think this is kind of where your your question started off with, you know, needed to properly define what what church is and what that means. You know, if church is a physical gathering of the body of Christ, if the body of Christ is a physical thing, well one of the things that we are called to do when we gather is the Lord's Supper. And that's a physical thing too. And when you do that mediated by the internet and make a component of that virtual, at best you're confusing things. At, at the very well, we best. I mean, the absolute, that, yeah. The absolute best construction is you're making this something else. And but yeah, the bottom line is that's that's not the Lord's Supper. The, the Lord's Supper is actually in the gathering of the saints. And this is something my congregation has actually continued to do. I've really appreciated my pastor basically setting up a schedule where smaller groups can come in. up to So there's up to nine people in the church at once. I have six children. So my wife and I, with our six kids, that's eight. Pastor makes nine, so we actually went to church on Saturday for our scheduled time, had a confession absolution, had a short homily from the pastor. He served us the Lord's Supper, closed out the service, and we basically had a short church service with our pastor, but it was in person. And that's, that's to preserve having the Lord's Supper physically, knowing that you can't do this virtually. Or, or digitally. <laughs> well, one thing, you know, it goes beyond the church service and, and communion and uh, absolution, is that there is truly a community of, of people of faith. And this is one area where I think the Internet actually can help. I mean, this one of the things I miss is not being able to see everybody from the, from the IC that I, that I work mm, with every yeah. day, knowing 
that these are my my fellow my fellow believers and i really sure. truly miss that but there are ways how we can continue this fellowship over the internet you know it's it's not going to church it's not doing the communion but it is actually meeting with our community yeah and that's i mean social media is extremely helpful for that as long as we're remembering these are two different things and i'm glad you started off this conversation the way you did with with church because i think this is where it gets confusing when people start to say that when i go to my church's facebook page and watch the service because I'm able to comment and interact with other people there in the comments, or my church has a Facebook group um, or a YouTube channel, I have now gone to church because I've had the community or I've had the experience of the community in a very similar way uh, to what I would Sunday morning at church. And I think we have to be very careful when we reduce church to an experience, primarily an experience, it's very easy to then say, well, I also have a very similar experience when I'm watching the church service online, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or the Zoom meeting or, or anything like that. Therefore, because my experience is similar in both situations, I'm doing the same thing in both situations. And that's where theologically we as Lutherans have to say, no, no, no. That's not what Scripture says. That's not how Scripture talks about the body of Christ. That's not how Scripture talks about gathering together. And so while we affirm the communal nature, the, the connecting that people can have through social media and through those, we also don't want to create confusion and say it's, it's the same thing. Because the funny thing is we all end up, in, in the end, we all realize but Kip, you actually want to see these people in person. So yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know it's not you know? the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is great. There is a sense of community here as I'm talking to these people online, but I still want to see them in person. It's not the same thing. I agree. But this is something that we're going to have to wait on. We, we simply cannot do anything until this, this, this horrible plague is, is finished. But there are things I think we can do online. For example, I was reading about um, being able to conduct, say, uh, like virtual watches, vir virtual parties. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was thinking how wonderful it might be to be able to connect with a bunch of fellow Lutherans and say, watch one of the uh, one of the uh, movies about Martin Luther. Yeah. So one of the things that Facebook has as an option, they've had this for a while, is the ability to start a watch. So videos that are either live on Facebook or hosted on Facebook, you can click on that video and, and when you click share, there's now an option to start a watch party where it'll basically announce to your friends or if you're doing it in a group, a Facebook group that you're a part of, hey, I'm watching this video now, let's all watch it together and kind of have this community experience uh, commenting on the side as we're all, all watching this together. Uh, and that's that's a new thing. It's interesting because I've seen people abusing that feature in different Facebook groups I'm in where it's like, <laughs> well, now you're just spamming the Facebook group with watch parties that nobody actually wants to watch. But now there's this idea of, well, when my church is live on Facebook, I can start a watch party and other members of my congregation or other friends and family of mine around the country, around the world 
we can all watch this together. Um, and which, which is great. It's, it's a wonderful thing to do to hear God's word being proclaimed and to, to participate in the hearing of that proclamation. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a great way to use that watch party feature as long as you're not annoying people with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's voluntary. They can sign in or not as they want. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But there's a lot that we can do to share with one another. And this, to me, is part of what being a Christian is, is the fellowship. Certainly, I mean, the, the, the physical church, obviously, you know, we have the, the absolution, the confession, we have the, the Lord's Supper. But there's something beyond that. You know, how many of the epistles open up with, Dear, dear Christians, dear people. And that's, mm. that to me is, a, a, goes right to the heart of this thing. There is indeed a fellowship that extends beyond the physical church. The, in, in the sense that we are the body of Christ, even when we're not physically together. I mean, this, this is where the, the theological lines, if we're not careful, can get easily blurred because Yes, Kip, because you and I are brothers in Christ, we do have fellowship in that sense. And online, there are many opportunities afforded to us where we can have the discussions. I mean, one of the things that's really wonderful right now is the number of Lutheran pastors who are now doing online devotions who weren't before, where every day you can sign on and there's a Lutheran pastor somewhere, almost at any given hour of the day, leading a devotion going through Scripture. And so... You as uh, us as fellow Christians can join in on that. There are other discussions happening, maybe on your Facebook wall, my Facebook wall, where we're having these discussions because we are Christians, we are part of that body of Christ. I, I think maybe that's the fellowship that you're getting at, that we can have conversations that have more meaning than simply the words that are coming out of our mouths, maybe. I don't know, maybe that's... Maybe that's a way to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you pointed out, we do have a lot of resources that are available to people uh, at lcms.org, Facebook. Could you go into some of the uh, resources that we have available online to people? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, the LCMS has set up a specific web page to kind of direct people and and kind of give you a, here's everything that we've got um, as well as links to other of our auxiliaries and organizations. So if you just type in lcms.org slash coronavirus or lcms.org slash COVID-19, um, maybe even lcms.org slash pandemic. I'm not sure about that third one, but all of those are basically friendly links that take you to the same page where you can see every day Pastor Harrison or Chaplain Denzer or First Vice President Lang are doing live devotions on Facebook. There's the link to those, and you can see um, I'm also putting those up on our YouTube channel for watching later as well. There's lists of the different Bible studies and resources that we're releasing ourselves for the LCMS. There's statements from President Harrison. You've got resources for congregations as they're dealing with it, guidelines and best practices for them, resources for schools, um, resources for you know, all, all different of our entities. But if you just go to that single link, that's kind of our clearinghouse where we have everything. Uh, I even put up a short video on YouTube to help people figure out how to live stream their church service. Um, okay, now tell no... them to get into that. <laughs> that's also on that same page. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. All <laughs> of these things are on that same page. They're all linked right there. 
you just scroll down and there's an endless list of resources. They're quite well organized. Um, so you can see all of that right there. It's, it's nice. We've tried to make it easy. It's like there's it's one-stop shop. It's all right there. And I'm also going to plug the station on this because uh, oh, not only are we broadcasting, we're, we're on the Internet and not just on the Internet. I mean, we've got uh, all these wonderful podcasts that people can download, mm -hmm. everything from uh, Concord Village to uh, World Luther News Digest, he said. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you and guys course, are on we that website, too. Worship service. Yeah. And we do have yep. live worship services as well. On the, there are many, many resources. Just go to kfuo.org. And nearly all of our programs are organized so that they can be podcasts. So once it's been broadcast, mm -hmm. it's put into the archives. And it's very, very easy to get to it and download it or, or just listen to it at your convenience. So you know, it's in, always in a there. Way, a, and this is, a lot of us are trying to catch up with what KFUO is already doing because... Now you've got pastors who are putting this out for the first time. You guys have been doing this for years and have wonderful resources already there in place for this. So in, in many ways, you've been best positioned to just continue doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that, sir. Uh, yeah. but, you know, one thing Lutherans have always done is to make use of the technology that's available to spread the word. Um, mm. You know, that's... One of the reasons why Luther caught fire when uh, Jan Hus did not was because of the uh, printing press. Sure. And his thoughts were immediately this. You know, he, he it was the penny press went out like crazy, and people were listening. People heard. People could read or be had be read too. And then, of course, as we go along, you know, 1924, KFU actually went on the air, uh, and I believe we are the longest continually broadcasting religious station I know in the country and possibly in the world. And mm -hmm. then, of course, wow, the Internet. Again, we're using this tool, this wonderful tool that we've been given. And uh, this is what we're trying to do, and this is how we're doing it. And one of the things I think that we need to do as Lutherans and as Christians, and I will say as, as missionaries, is to let the people know how they can use these tools themselves. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I frame that is the proclamation of the gospel, that, we're, that this is an opportunity to proclaim that gospel. Once again, we're not doing church online, but we are definitely proclaiming the gospel. That's what KFUO has been doing for years. And so uh, Facebook has actually put out some resources about this recently. So facebook.com slash community slash faith. Now, this is interesting um, that they've done this. Nona Jones is the the lady who's been heading this up. I'm actually friends with her. I met her a couple years ago at Facebook when I was there for a conference. She's a wonderful lady. She's a Christian. She loves Jesus. She is motivated by wanting to get the gospel spread uh, around the world. That's, that's why she is in the position she's in. Um, I've actually been impressed that Facebook hired her to essentially do that. <laughs> um, and when you head to this page that Facebook has created, it's actually a multi-faith page. So this page isn't organized just for Christians. They specifically reference uh, Muslims and Judaism in their video uh, as they talk about what this is for. So it, it's a faith resource according to their definition of faith, not necessarily ours. But the tutorials that it gives, there's actually some really good step-by-step. -step. Here's how to get things started up, and here, here's what to think through. 
And if you keep in mind the theological conversation that we just had, um, you'll notice right away there's some significant differences in what we believe versus what Facebook is talking about here. And so some of their suggestions might not actually be uh, implemented in exactly the same way or for exactly the same reason, but there are some good tutorials. Uh, there's a downloadable resource, a 10-page PDF that you can download as well that has more information there. Uh, so uh, Facebook is, I talk about Facebook because it's one of the easiest places to get set up and going. Facebook has made it really easy to get on their platform because well, they want everybody on their platform. So they make it easy for you. <laughs> um, but they've got some good tutorials, some good quick setup, get up and go kinds of things, some good things to think about. Um, and just keep in mind that the way they talk about these things theologically, very different from what we believe and how we would talk about it. But some of the tools you might still be able to take as a congregation or as an individual and, and implement them anyways. Well, this is one of the things that God does, is he uses tools. <laughs> we may not even recognize them at the time. <laughs> I mean, when he referred yeah, to Nebuchadnezzar yeah. as his servant or, or, or Cyrus yeah. in Persia. Yeah, So that, uh, that, I think, demonstrates if he can If he can use people as evil as Nebuchadnezzar, he can certainly do something with the Internet. Or as evil as you and me, Kip. We're right in that category with him. Yep. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? To... <laughs> but the beauty is that to know that we are forgiven. And the, Amen. It's there for yep. us just for asking. Yep. What a wonderful Amen. thought. Yeah. And that's part of what we can do here is to get that message out to people. And uh, this is yeah, one that way to proclamation. do it on the Internet. And yeah. uh, so let's keep it up. We've got, a lot to, we've got a lot to do, and hopefully this thing will lift, and we will get back to the IC, and I'll be able to see you and all the other people around there. Indeed. I look forward to that day when we can see each other at work again and see each other in church. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Peter Slayton, for being my guest on World Lutheran News Digest. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.